and welcome to this episode of The Making of an Exception. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field you find yourself in. Each week, we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. If this podcast has impacted your life, you can help support by going to our website, exceptionpodcast.co, and clicking the Patreon link or by finding it in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support, and thanks for listening. Hey, this is Kirk Graham, and you are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. Thanks for listening today, and we've got a special guest and she's amazing, and I truly believe that. I, I say everybody's amazing, but she's amazing. She has a special place in my heart, my wife's heart, mm. my daughter's heart, <laughs> both yeah. of my daughters, but really my oldest daughter. I'll tell you why in a second. But her name is Monica <laughs> Freeze. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be here. It's a long like, introduction without yeah. even saying what you do or who you are. Just That was, I think, like the most epic introduction that I've ever been given. So thank That's you. what I try to do. That's Thank what you. I try to do. Appreciate so that was, that was the goal, and I'm glad we Thank made you. it. I'm pumped to Mo- be here. Monica Freeze is a uh, uh, visual brand director. She's a full-time freelancer. Uh, mm-hmm. She does so much. I mean, you're a musician. Uh, you're renovating your house. Mm-hmm. So yep. basically Joanna Gaines. <laughs> is that not true? I feel like my husband's more chip, and I am a little bit of Joel, Joanna. Yeah, he's, no, he's for sure. He's, he's a hero. He's the chip. He's the chip. Yeah. Games. Chip and Joanna, you guys are doing it. There we go. So, uh, but Monica, uh, you do so much. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would know who you are through social media and just seeing your platform continue to grow mm-hmm. and all that you do there. Uh, but you'll do a better job explaining all that you do than I just did. Yeah. Um, I gave you a title. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But yeah. tell us what visual brand director is mm-hmm. and kind of maybe some of the projects you're working on right now. Totally. So um, right now, yes, like you said, I'm full-time freelance, which encompasses a lot of different things. Most days that's really awesome. Some days it's like kind of crazy overwhelming. But right now I am, everything that I'm doing somehow involves visuals, which is why I say visual. And then the brand piece, um, I do like a lot of brand management, which is like social media stuff or like website stuff and marketing. Um, And then I do like photography or styling. So like the content creation piece. So the easiest way to kind of sum all that up into one title is visual brand director, even though that's every project, that's not like the but title But some of your, some of the clients that you have, that's actually what they call you. Yes. So it's not, you're not just making it up. No, 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 no. It's a legit title. Yes, yes. So I contract one, so that, actually the place I learned that title from, I was kind of Cheerios. Like, that feels, <laughs> not Cheerios. Okay. But <laughs> you did work, work for Cheerios. For Cheerios. Okay. I did. I worked for Cheerios. Actually, just as, when I worked for Cheerios, I was just a social photographer. So I just did photography for social media, but I'm working now on a brand. Um, it's called Food Should Taste Good. They make really yummy chips. Food should taste good? Yep, food should taste good, and it does. It tastes, their chips taste really good. You're saying that's a General Mills product? Yes, it's a General Mills brand account, and I work for them, I contract for them, um, and that's more of like a marketing role than it is just photography, but the title they gave me was Visual Brand Director, and I was like, hey, I feel like that kind of fits for a lot of other things. So you're helping oversee what goes out for that brand 
mm-hmm. like on social yeah. or print so, or yeah basically i'm in charge of the way that our brand looks and is communicated on all the platforms socially and then also like funny things like our t-shirts or yeah, yeah. like if we're gonna do like not necessarily billboards but like if we're gonna do any like printed stuff um i have my hands in just the visuals and like the communication of what we're going to look like, how we're going to sound. And I don't your, do that alone. That's with a, a whole team a whole of people. Team of people. Yeah. They're probably listening. You're like, Monica's taking all the glory. <laughs> no, <clears throat> I, don't, I just work with some really awesome people and we make it happen. Is that your biggest client right now? Like where you're spending a lot of your time and energy? Um, no, it should, it should be if I oh. had a more balanced, <laughs> Life? I need to balance things a little bit more, but right now I'm working, um, Long a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's 25 hours a week, 20 to 25 hours a week. Um, but it isn't where my like biggest chunk of time goes, even though I would hope I want to get to a place where it is. So you're doing that for General Mills. Mm-hmm. Food should taste good. Food should taste what good. else? Shout what out. else do you have, whether it's ongoing or mm-hmm. kind of a, a niche that you're in where people yeah. can hire you? Yeah. So I do um, like some of the things that I do as like a contractor um, or freelancer, I just photography. So like I'll just do I'll just get hired to do um, just strictly photography. So that in and of itself um, styling. So like I could be on a shoot as like a wardrobe stylist or um, a prop stylist or any anything with just like styling. I'm not shooting. I just am showing up and like. Yo, styling styling to me is the one thing that I I just can't. I think it's the coolest. I just can't wrap my mind around yeah. how people get paid to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and I get, it's legit. I mean, we try to yeah. set this up and we do our best, but like, that's, that's what you do yeah. as a part of your living is totally. set Styling. up a shoot or mm-hmm. set up outfits yes. or yes. I just and wear the same clothes every day. So yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fun. Styling is fun to me because it's kind of like you're, I feel like you're the bridge from like the client. Let's say there's a client and there's a photographer. Yeah. A lot of times photographers, are also like stylists or like have that eye or have that mind. But if there's like a set art director, that's another art director, yep. creative director, stylist um, that's there, it's kind of like you're bridging the vision of the client with yep. like what they want it to look like. But then you're working with the photographer and their style and how they're going to like communicate um, the vision. And you, you kind of get to bridge like those two things on yep. set. And I think that's really cool. Um, and you get to use your hands and like, your mind is just in such a different place than it would be if you were like photographing. Yeah. You you have to have like your eyes on like every single thing, the details, and you get to like bring literally like bring a vision to life, which I love. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people listening today that the life the <coughs> sorry, <laughs> jeez, the life you're living today is um they've never seen it before or heard it before. It, it it's kind of like. It's kind of like I think of like a high schooler. It's like I want to do this, yeah. And and the parents think, oh, that's nice. Like go for it. And all of a sudden, it becomes like legit. Yeah. You know, like I don't know if that's exactly your story, but you've you're building legit business in yeah. these areas that are it's newer technology. Totally. Uh, we live in a world where brands like the a better way to market than buying a billboard or sending a mailer or the traditional marketing routes. A better way to do it today is to reach out to influencers and have mm-hmm. them put yeah. it, it, it comes across more authentic or genuine, mm-hmm. all that. You've become, so separate from everything that you just said, you yeah. become 
like an Instagram influencer. I know it feels weird to say. I know. No, I understand. But that's that's how a lot of people would view you or know you. um, Where companies will reach out to you. Tell Mm -hmm. me if this is true. They'll say, we'll give you X amount of dollars to promote this product that Mm -hmm. we're trying to market. Um, And so, yeah, talk about what that part of your business is like too. Yeah, so that is um, a big part right now too of what I'm doing. And it's, to me, it's, for a lot of reasons, it feels not like my favorite, but it feels the most like me. Like I can really put my like stamp on it. Um, that is something that happened very um, kind of like on accident. Like people will be like, how did you do this? And it's like kind of just happened. I've always loved fashion. That's like the niche of most mostly what I'm doing in like men's fashion men yep that's men's. the niche mm-hmm. okay. yep men's <laughs> fashion um well, so maybe maybe sometimes maybe someday um right now get, get your husband on there Joel yeah exactly seriously we've talked about that. he used to shoot all my photos for me so we, I was like we should somehow you should be getting free stuff I feel like Instagram too husband he is. He doesn't even have an Instagram of his own, but he is an Instagram husband. Um, uh, so I'm just going to interrupt you yes. just real quick because how long have you been married? Two years as of this September. Joel. Yes, Joel. Tell us about Joel real yes. quick. We're just going to give him a couple minutes yeah. on the okay, podcast. Okay, great. Um, couple minutes. Easy. He is very, um, he's very quiet. He's introverted when you like just in normal day-to-day settings. Once you get to know him, he's... Actually, sometimes he out talks me, which is hard to believe because I'm a talker. But he is like a very um, gentle strength. I feel like he's super just grounded, oh, no humble, the most generous person that I know. He is just like his the way that his brain thinks and works is just very, very generous. Sometimes to the point where he'll say things and I'm like, um, I don't think that's smart for us to do right now. And he'll be like, no, we like got to do it. We need to do this thing for this person. And I'm like, we don't have time and we don't have that money. And he's like, no, we just got to do it. Yeah. I feel like you're generous though too. So for him, for you to say he outdoes you is saying something. Yeah. And he's, he actually has really pushed and inspired my like generosity even to the point where, um, like there'll be times where how like my initial response maybe will be like not stingy, but just like, Oh, and he's like, no babe, like this is what it's about. We got to do this. Yeah. No, he's amazing. I and think he's, he's the hardest worker that yeah, I, yeah. he works so hard. Yeah, if so, you're so, out so there hard. hustling 80 hour weeks, he's doing the same thing. Uh, he's property manager. Mm-hmm. He's a firefighter. Yeah, he just became <laughs> so crazy. He, since he was a little kid, he's had this dream to be a firefighter and he stumbled into his career. Like it was totally a God thing. It wasn't ever what he like set out to do. Yeah. Um, but he loved, like once he was in his career, it was like what he wanted to do. Yeah. But up to like, you know, high school graduation, deciding college firefighting was always something that was like in his heart and in his mind of like, I would love to do this. And so now like fast forward, he's 24 and he's like had, you know, the years that have really built, like he's found like his career and he's like stable in it. And he feels like that's kind of set. And so he was like, I want to also pursue like this thing I've always been interested in and intrigued by. So he went to school, um, nights and weekends, he'd go to school and he, did everything he needed to do. And then he applied for, um, we, li- we moved, um, we live in the Plymouth Wyzetta area and he just got hired by the Wyzetta fire department. So he no was pumped. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he, yeah. he's a hero in my mind. How, how's marriage the last two years? Uh, yeah. I care about this because separately yes. I'm a pastor <laughs> and I was at your wedding. Yes, uh, you were. <laughs> 
I officiated your you wedding. You married us. You yeah, did. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. guys married each other. Yes. And I officiated. <laughs> yes. That's a tough thing to explain to my three-year-old daughter. Like, hey, I'm going to marry somebody. Yeah. Like, they're like, what? Yeah, like, they're Adley's like, what? like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Anyways, no, I was there. I care about it. But what's mm-hmm. marriage like when you're both working yeah. as much as you are? Yeah, so it hasn't always, I feel like there's definitely seasons for us that have been a lot busier. Um, this summer was one of them really like, Actually, I would say like March to October because that's Joel started school um, in January yep. and that felt manageable. His his slower season for his job is winter. So it was like, OK, it's a little bit slower. You're in school. Um, but then we bought a house. We bought my grandparents house, actually. And we um, we gutted the whole thing. So March to October was like so insane because he was finishing school. We were both working full time. We were renovating a house. It was summer which is the busiest time of work for both of us. And so that was a really um, challenging and rewarding season of marriage because we were literally hardly seeing each other. Like it kind of felt like ships in the night. And so we had to be super intentional about like, even just like, when are we going to talk today? And we were living with my mom and dad who side note are the greatest people in the world. Um, But we were living with them. Shout out to Brett and Trina. Yes. Shout out. Um, we were living with them. And so that was like different and like, I mean, great, but also just not our normal already. And so that was hard. But I mean, when I think of our like marriage as a whole, it's been so rewarding. It's like every day I feel like we're stretched in different ways and like rewarded in different ways and just learning so much about communication. And I've learned so much about myself and Joel's like, so, 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 um, the last two years for me have been very formative in like getting to where I am now with like being a full-time freelance artist. And he's been so like, he's kind of just been like the steady ground while I'm like figuring out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very much like head in the clouds, like dreamer, like free spirited. And he's like grounded and anchored and like my place to come back to. So he's been so great as I like try different things and do all these jobs for free to like try to get experience and just is like, do what you need to do. So releasing and just supportive and my biggest cheerleader for sure. Amazing. Uh, that's enough about marriage. Yes. <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And we love yeah. Joel. Yes. Uh, back to you building your platform mm-hmm. uh, specifically on Instagram. Something that you said, something you said, I didn't really try to make it happen. It just kind of like yeah, happened. Totally. That being said, there's a whole bunch of people trying to make that happen yeah. that would look at your life uh, through through that lens, that one area of business and go, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, and then you're like, I didn't even try. It just kind of just <laughs> happened, you know? So obviously there's something that you're doing um, or something that you've done over a long period of time that's yeah. different than the people that are like really, really trying to make it happen yeah. and it's not really happening yet right. for them. Uh, do you have anything in mind? Or, or maybe it's a big break that like yeah. changed it all for you in that? Totally. Like, what are you doing different that people that are hustling it's just not happening for them totally so I think um I have a few thoughts on that question the first thing I would say is this is kind of like a like motto mantra of mine and anything but especially with this is just you have to just be yourself you have to just like do what feels like true to you and what is really like a accurate representation of like who you are and especially in like social media is a funny world and um I feel like it's so great. Like there's so many things about it that I love. It's a part of my job. It's like a part of my income. It's like outside of that, it's a great way to like connect with people and network and um, 
learn things and get inspiration but it is a really easy place for people to just lose themselves and to yeah. just get lost in what they think they need to look like or how they think they need to dress or what they think they need to sound like. Um, and so it's kind of like a love-hate relationship almost. There's actually been a couple times where I've thought like, maybe I should just be like totally done with this. And I feel every time, I, it's I'll get to this, but it's also something I feel really called to. Every time I feel like, there's just super clear, like, God is just like, nope, you need to keep doing this. So I still haven't stopped, still doing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> that would be like a big thing I'd say is just you have to be true to yourself. And then just, it sounds really dumb and it's like probably not the answer people want, but like don't strive, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's like another motto for like life in general. But I feel like just do what you feel called to um, steward well what's in your hands, what you've been gifted with. And I feel like God will open the right doors, the right, you'll be in the rooms you need to be in, get the opportunities that you're supposed to have and work really hard. Like that doesn't mean like, I'm just going to be here. So waiting. what's the difference between working 80 hour weeks and that's your life uh, yeah. to say, then you telling everybody else, Hey, just don't strive, yeah. guys. God's just going to open it up. Yeah. I think for me, the difference is that, um, you aren't, it's like, you don't have to force it to happen. I think for me right now, like the working 80 hour week thing is definitely like as of the last couple months. And that's just, I need to take a minute and like really reprioritize like what, what needs to go and what needs to stay. Yeah. So that's not something I want yeah, you're to not have like, as like, I love this, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, but for me, no striving or not striving. Um, I feel like you just, just, you don't force it to happen. It's like, I'm going to steward what I have and I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to do the best with what's in my hands and do it for God and, um, and just really capitalize on like what's been given to me. But I'm not like forcing something to happen. I'm yeah. not like trying to like make this job work just because, you know, I think that it should, but versus like, I feel really called to it and I trust that God's going to like bring it where it needs to sort of a mindset. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, with people that are in, in the world that you live in, something that I've noticed is that they carry a good amount of, and this, a lot of these people are public about it, and it's kind of something that even begins to be part of their platform, and we both have friends that, that it is part of their platform, but in social media, the more popular you get, the more comments you get in, the mm -hmm. more people are asking you to post about different things that, you know, they're, they're paying you to post their products, all this. So you're in this, it's kind of a crazy world. Yeah. Um, what becomes their platform is this uh, growing anxiety or stress mm -hmm. uh, in their life. Um, and I don't see that in you, mm -hmm. uh, which to me makes you unique to some of these yeah. different people that we, we would both know some of these people and yeah. it's not a, it's not a knock on anybody. Right. Right. There just seems to be a freedom that you have, um, that you've been able to maintain in a growing world of demands and also yeah. just judgments or, mm -hmm. I mean, pe everybody's looking at you. I mean, right. the, the social media and the amount that you're active, right. everybody's looking through at every post, er, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I, you've had probably people that, you know, aren't super nice to you or super kind or right. like all that. Um, but talk about that. Do, do mm -hmm. you feel maybe externally you're doing good internally, you deal with a little bit of stress, anxiety, mm -hmm. or truly there is a level of freedom that like somehow. Yeah. I, um, 
It's funny. So my whole life, I, I definitely obviously get stressed. I would say the like emotion that I feel more so than ever stress or anxiety, I've always been like an overthinker or like mm. a worrier. But I really have never, and I think part of this is my personality. Part of it is like the way I was raised. Um, I don't ever really get like anxiety. And I feel like yeah. that even is like a hard thing for me to say sometimes because Why? so many people deal with it. And I feel like, I mean, I know bad. so, yeah. yeah, I know so many people in my life that I'm close to that I love that like just struggle with crippling, painful, like debilitating anxiety or depression. And, and it's hard to say like, I, I've never experienced that, you know, but I really haven't. And in, in terms of um, social stuff, I, or just like that part of my life, that job that I have, um, I try not to separate it too much from just like me. And in, in everything yeah. I do, it's like, this is just me. And it's just what I feel. It's like, it's this certain gifting or it's maybe this certain calling or it's this passion, but it's just me. And I, and that takes the pressure off of having to like perform or like look a certain way. And I've totally had like people, you know, I've had great opportunities before where companies have reached out that I love that are like huge, credible brands, but they like want me to say something that I don't feel is true or, mm. or look a certain way or just do something that I, it doesn't align with like what I, what feels true to me. And I'll just say no. And I feel like that's been an easy way for me to kind of like also like not build up this like pressure or this stress yeah. is just like not again, forcing it to be something that it isn't. And if it's, um, if it doesn't feel honest and if it doesn't feel like true, then I just say no. And everything else I just try to like have fun with it. I mean, that sounds like really like basic and uh-uh. and funny, but just like, yeah, be like, take the pressure off in any way that I can. And it's like, it is a job. It is something that I get paid for, but it's easy not to get stressed about it when it's just like me being myself, like talking, um, getting to like style things that I really love and like talk about it, work with really awesome companies and brands and build like really great relationships. And then the other piece of it that I'd say touching on your um, like first initial question was I part of the reason why I've like stayed in this like job or like kept pursuing it or kept like um, just doing it, I guess, is just that I feel super, super called to um, girls and women and just a culture of jealousy and comparison and insecurity Um, And it's something that's been a part of my life since I was like a little girl. And so this now You're talking about insecurity, jealousy has been in your life Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. But you don't carry that. Like like to me, that's not what exudes from you. But Mm -hmm. I I would say other people, there's other people that deal with that and it comes, it's like It affects me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, just like a backstory, since I was a little girl, like first, second grade, I remember getting called into the principal's office one day and um, my principal talking to me about how like some girls had like problems with me because of X, Y, or Z. And it wasn't that I wasn't being nice. It wasn't that I wasn't like, it wasn't that I was saying anything or doing anything, but it was because I like just had something that they wanted or didn't have. They were jealous mm -hmm. of you. Yeah. And that kind of has followed me in my whole life. Not that like, I mean, I'm a human. I deal with it in in moments, too. It's like we're all like 
there's going to be moments where all of us are like, oh, man, like that friend's on that trip. Like, I would love to go there. Or they got that thing that I really have been wanting. Like, oh, man. But then it's like it's a split second thing usually for me. And it's not something that's like ruled my mind or ruled my heart. And I feel um, because of that, but I've seen it in really big ways in my life with people that I know, people that I don't know. And I've just felt like super like I just feel like God has been super um, clear that I'm supposed to be in an industry that is like kind of marked by like it's all look at me. It's about me um, and makes other people feel maybe inferior or insecure or jealous. And um, I feel like I'm really supposed to be in that industry and then not not the same. Yo, I think it's amazing because it, it reminds me of like we grew up in church mm-hmm. and so you've heard this a bunch. It's like there's people that go, I don't feel like I have a testimony because I didn't like kill somebody and get arrested. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know, like I didn't like I didn't do cocaine, so yeah. I feel like I don't have a testimony. You know, like right. so we've heard that before. Um and I my response is no, you actually have the testimony. It's proof of God's faithfulness. Right. It's it's you actually have the testimony that I would pray for my daughters. Yeah. Like you have the testimony that all parents pray for their children. What yeah. do you mean you don't have a testimony? You have the testimony. It's like yeah. amazing that you didn't go off the rails. Yeah. And I think to your how you're living your life in social media and with a great like external platform, um, and it's true to who you are because that that like and I'll come back to that for a second. Like you're saying, keep it close to who you are. Like mm-hmm. if, if it's honest, if it's who you are, yeah. that's what you're doing, and you don't carry the anxiety or the worry no. or the jealousy or the insecurity, all that. It's it's proof in that world that it can be done, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's showing young girls like middle schoolers. I, I think it's like. The average 10-year-old has their own YouTube channel, you know, yeah, like that's, crazy. this is the world we live in. Um, and showing them that you can, you can live without this anxiety or mm-hmm. worry or insecurity or jealousy. Yeah. And you can be prominent in that world too. You don't have to, like, if I don't, I don't want to deal with that anxiety, so I'm just going to be hands out. Like you yeah. can, God can make a way for that. Totally. Um, the point of it being true to who you are, I think, I, you know, kind of what you said, um, I think that almost sets you up to be more hurt because it's true to who you are. You know, I think there's people out there that they'll build a persona or they'll build a brand mm-hmm. that's not connected to them personally yeah. because it's almost Less like, uh, yeah, 100%. So now when that gets criticized, it's not, it's, it's but they're not criticizing me because mm-hmm. this is just a persona, you know, like a, yeah. it's like a TV personality. It's not really who they are. Yeah. It's a personality and a character that they play. Totally. I think there's a lot of people on social media, their, their social media is a character that they play and then they get attacked, that character, and they still get hurt. Yeah. But you are like, no, this is actually who I am. Right. And I don't know if you ever get attacked or you feel judgment outside of that, like people judge you how, yeah. like, or they're jealous of you, that same principle moment. Yeah. But it's true to who you are and you're, and you're not hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's like, a, there's like a huge difference. What I'm trying to point out is that how you're living your life to me is a miracle wow. because I've seen it. I've seen it the other way. People that build this padding in yeah. and it's even just a persona uh, a character that they're playing right. it's not true to there and they still deal with the anxiety mm-hmm. or the the hurt and the pain from whatever else you know yeah I think um I I've totally seen the same thing I think for me I I don't think I could 
build like a persona that wasn't a character. Yeah. Just because of the way my brain works and the way that maybe it's my personality. I don't know. I just, I couldn't not be myself. And, um, actually really thankfully I've never gotten any negative like hate or judgment on social. It's been in real life, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) which is crazy. Um, it's, it's all the, the conversations and the people that I've made connections with or met via social media, it's always been like really cool conversations that are life-giving and I've gotten to like invite people to church and I've gotten to like FaceTime with a girl before and like pray with her, just a random person that DM'd me and was just responding to something that I had said yeah. about God and didn't know and was just like, this is my last rope. I'm considering suicide. Can I, can you just tell me what you're talking about? And like, no. Yeah. And I got to, we FaceTimed, which was kind of just, I mean, it was awesome, but it was also like awkward because you'd never met each other and yeah, you're yeah. FaceTiming. I was like, do you want to just have like a phone call? She Yo, really I, wanted to I FaceTime. I FaceTime everybody <laughs> because I love putting them in an awkward spot. Like I, I yeah. Yeah. And all so my favorites are all FaceTime numbers FaceTimes. because yeah, I'm just trying to yeah, I love to FaceTime people faces. that I know. I FaceTime Tissel all the time. <laughs> um, and so that's to me where I also feel like it's something that I'm like called to in the sense of really getting to use it as like a ministry. Yeah. And I think some people wouldn't maybe like think think of it that way just like from a glance. Um, but like I said, there's been moments where I'm like, should I just like pursue other jobs and just I love fashion, like I love styling, I love the like networking, relational piece of this, but like Maybe I should just stop and just like have my Instagram just be like my personal life and no rules, no like contracts, no set dates and times that I like have to post this that's, photo. That's my Instagram. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> You're describing my Instagram. Yes. Um, but I found that it's like a tension that I feel really grateful to hold where it's like I yeah. want to still be personable and I, I am still like just me. And I still when I want to share personal stuff, I do. And that's still very present. But I also feel like this is something that um, I feel like it's like a kind of a gift I've been given. It's not something I tried to just create, but it is like, even though it's small, it is a platform and I really feel like I need to um, steward it well. Man, it's interesting. It it parallels, like it just makes me think of my own life. People will ask me, because, because I am a pastor, they'll say, do you like, do you ever like feel the pressure of having to be a good person or to make sure everywhere you go, you're not making like, you're not doing stupid things. Mm -hmm. You're not like, because you're a pastor, you know, like, and there's a lot on the line and people are watching all that. Yeah. And my response is like, no way. Like I love that accountability in my life. And to be honest, I don't know if I would be as good of a person if I didn't have that tension built into my life Exactly. to be, to to know that people are watching always, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how I was raised anyways of like, even before I w- became a pastor, it's like my dad always was like, you're a leader, you know, yeah. there's eyes on you. It matters how you act. It yeah. matters the words you speak. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people um, in life, but also in social media that go, I don't, you know, because I don't have that title or because I don't like, they just live how they want, you know? Totally. And that's what I'm hearing from you is like you, because this has become like a legit business, mm-hmm. but it's also true to who you are. There's a level of accountability with it yeah. that you you're saying you are embracing. Yeah. You know? And totally. I embrace the same thing as a pastor. It's like, I actually love that. I can't just go do whatever I want, you know, because yeah. I'd probably ruin my life. Totally. Probably. 
you know? So I don't think separate. you would. But. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I was a train wreck before Jesus, so. Yeah. Um, it is like a it is like a tension that feels like a gift to be able to hold and and if you don't get I I understand how people get stressed or feel anxious about it. Um but I feel like uh I've been very like protected from that. Yeah. And just in all areas of my life, I feel like I've been really protected from like anxiety or those feelings and just yeah. um and it's something I, it's totally something that I like pray for too, just yeah. like peace and joy. And I feel like there's, it's not always that way, you yeah. know, every single day, every single moment. But I don't feel like when I think of like my job as like a social content creator, I hate the word influencer, but that's what the world knows it as. That, yeah, that's I don't feel negative about it at all. I just feel like I love it. It's fun. It's, it feels like it's a, like an extension of me. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's, I love your point of it definitely feels like ministry to you to help a lot of people to show people you can live in this world and mm-hmm. not be crippled with anxiety mm-hmm. and worry and all that. Which yeah. is, and I know it is sensitive because you have friends or you have people in your life that you know that are dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't have to back down on the freedom that you have. You know, it's showing them that they have a chance, you know, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Already we're like 20 minutes into this. I don't know how far into this we are. But people can tell that you love the Lord um, mm-hmm. just in your language and just who you are. It's who you are, which mm-hmm. is great. So talk about um, a little bit of your upbringing. You got great parents. You already said it. Yes. You got sisters. Yes, and So I you do. can shout them out if you want. But yes. uh, talk about what it was like growing up, <clears throat> and then we'll we'll work our way into how in the world you got into the life you're living today. Yeah, great. So I had a really incredible childhood. I have... Um, my parents are amazing. My mom, shout out to Trina Outkelt, Mama Trines. Yes. <laughs> she is literally my hero. Like when I, I don't say that lightly, like I don't say they're my hero. Like she is yeah. my hero. I, her and I are very similar. Um, Yo, you guys are so similar. Yes. It's and crazy. funny side note. Joel is just like my dad, and I'm just like my mom. So it's funny also, how Joel's that works out. Also, Joel's just like his dad. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Um, but yeah, my mom, um, growing up, my dad traveled a lot for his job. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my life growing up outside of weekends was my sisters. I have three sisters, an older sister, Madeline, a younger sister, Melanie, and then a, the baby sister, Michelle. They're the best, my we best friends. We love them all. We love yep. them all. Um, but a lot of times my dad, uh, was gone for work. And so it would be my mom and us girls. It was like, it was just girl party all the time. And my mom is just all the things that I hope to be in a wife and a mom and just a, a person, a friend. Um, yeah. And she just really helped shape our childhood, even though like things weren't always perfect. Like there was times where we were like, you know, really financially struggling or there was a point of time where we were going to be moving or just like different things that happened that were like not always like happy and easy, but Mm. she just really shaped our childhood. And I feel like, um, in terms of like spiritual things, she really shaped, um, like the way that I view God, her and my dad, but just because my mom and I are like the same human. Yeah. Everything that she did was like, I think more impactful for me than it was like necessarily my my sisters um and then my dad is incredible he um is 
he's so hardworking. He is just grounded and he, I mean, growing up with four daughters, he was always surrounded by a lot of like emotions and just, I mean, always handled everything so well. He's also a hero in, in my life for sure. He's the best. Also, he could kill anybody. He could. He might have had four daughters, but he like taught us all self-defense, how to like take care of ourselves in a dark alley at night. Like he, no joke, no messing around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so growing up, um, I, I feel like I was really blessed to kind of have like an idyllic childhood, um, but just very, really great. Um, my sisters were my best friends. They still are. Um, and I grew up, I grew up in church. So my parents, um, they started going to a church living word before Mm -hmm. any of us were born. And then that's just the church that we all went to from the time. It's where my wife grew up. Yep, it's a great place. It shaped me in so many ways. But grew up there and honestly, like, met God when I was, like, five years old. I mean, I, like, grew up in church knowing knowing about him from the time that I could, but, like, experienced the presence of God in a tangible way when yeah. I was five years old and just in my heart, like, was like, I don't, I can't live without Jesus. And like, that sounds so funny because I was so young, but it really, like, I remember where I was, like what song was playing. I was in church, in a church service. Um, and it was in the middle of worship. And I just remember this feeling of like, nobody should live without this. Like people can't live without this. And I loved music. I always, I grew up singing and like always had loved music and just that day, like, met Jesus really for the first time and was like, I just need to do worship. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think in terms of, like, my childhood, it was really, um, I grew up at a Christian school. And yep. so I kind of grew up in this, like, All bubble of Christianity. Okay, and a lot of people grow up in a bubble like that. Yeah. And then they leave that bubble. They do. And leave Christianity. They do. Uh, how in the world did you make it? Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier, but I I used to feel really insecure as a kid. Every year at summer camp, we would have this time where everyone would share their testimony and yep. kids would come up, even at a young age, like crazy testimonies, you know, where it was like, this is what God saved me from. This is the I person. I ran away from home for three yeah, weeks. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. is the person that I used to be or like, this is what I struggled with. And I remember always just feeling like, what's my testimony? Like, I don't have yeah. one. And I felt that as a kid. Um, but now, now, even at a really young age still, I just can see that my testimony is that I've never left and that I met God at five years old. And even though there's been seasons of like wrestling with things actually right now is, is a season of that. It feels like, what are you wrestling with? Yeah. Um, right now. So it it feels like it's, I'm kind of coming out of it, but, um, I had a season where a lot of people that I'm, that are close to me in my life were, um, either like turning away from God or really sick or dealing with like really heartbreaking things. And I kind of, like I said, my childhood and my life till now, really, I'm only 21, so it hasn't been super long, but has been pretty great. Like even saying that, I always feel like you can't say that because like, that's just, it's like not fair or something. But up up until last week, no one in yeah, my life. Saying that saying that doesn't mean you lack empathy right, or compassion. Right. Yeah. So say um, it. Yeah. In my life up and I mean, 
it, my 21 years of life so far have been really awesome and there hasn't been a ton of personal pain or tragedy or heartbreak. Um, and things have been really good. And but you're walking with people that yeah, are experiencing mm-hmm, different. really differently. And so my wrestle, um, really the last like year has been like, what is like when I'm not the one experiencing this like confusion and pain and like trial, how do I like, how do I look at, still view God, even though it's like, I'm a part of this really painful thing. I'm walking through people that are dealing with it, but it's not happening to me, but I still know that God is good. And I trust that he's like sovereign and in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and faithful, but these people that I love so much are in so much pain, you know, and there isn't answers and there isn't like a clear path. And so that was kind of my wrestle in the last year. It was just like, man, like, I know that you're good, God. I know that you're in the midst of this, but like, what are you doing? You know, sort of a thing. And then I also, one of my um, family members had kind of totally walked away from God and was just in a big like searching. Um, and that was also for me very like solidifying of like, okay, this person that I love so much is grew up the same. It's one of my sisters grew up the exact same way that I did, like knows the same truth, like went to the same place. Like we were in the same services. And now as a, like just a result of different things is making this choice. What do I still believe, you know, and just kind of re-solidifies like, no, like, this is who God is. This is like, this is why I believe this. This is like, and so just those types of things where it's like just wrestling with like my response to yeah. other people's um, trials, I guess, or um, decisions and just still finding God in, in the middle of it and um, just feeling like my faith even is tested from being a part of like other people's journeys. Yeah. So that's been really cool. I'm going to have you rewind mm-hmm. to uh, how you were born uh, yeah. because I know it sounds so funny, uh, but there's, there's, uh, I remember your mom telling me there's like a miracle involved with you even mm-hmm. being here. Yeah. Tell that story. Yeah. So I said this already, but my mom is honestly, she's just like not even real person. I feel like she's, Oh, she's real. She's an angel on earth. <laughs> um, but she was pregnant with me. Um, and your second oldest. Yep. I'm second oldest. My older sister was a surprise and they, and then they wanted to have another baby. So are you they, saying they didn't want Madeline? No, <laughs> Madeline was the best surprise <laughs> okay. of their lives. My mom's okay. best surprise of her life. You're like, and, but they did want to have me. Yes, yeah. I was planned. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so Madeline was a surprise and then they wanted, they, at the time they yeah. only wanted two kids. So they're yeah, like, they're okay, we're going to try get pregnant. Got pregnant with me. Um, my mom was going in for just a regular checkup, doctor's like pregnancy appointment. I've heard that there's a lot of those. Was your dad out of town? I, I, um, is that part of it? I think this day he was you, out of I'll town. I'll just let you tell the story. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's okay. Um, just want to tell it with you. Yes. So my mom goes in for an appointment. Um, in her mind, it's just like a normal yeah. checkup. Um, and the they did, I think it was like an ultrasound. And the doctor came back and was like, you know what, Trina, we're so sorry, but um, you lost the baby. We can't find a heartbeat. Um, just go home. And if there's like any problems and you are the from baby. there, I'm the baby. Um, like, let us know. Um, but we're so sorry. And my mom, Trina Outkelt, is like, okay, thank you. And she leaves and she just immediately is like, 
my baby is alive. And she starts praying for me. She prays life into me, just confessing that I am like whole and healthy and alive and just just kind of takes authority of the whole situation and is like, nope. And she said God just so clearly was like, nope. It's not happening. It's not happening. Your baby is going to be born. So she doesn't tell my dad ever. Um, she goes home and she just keeps praying and praying and praying and then goes back to the doctor and they're like, what? You know, <laughs> but I was fine. And then rest of pregnancy happens. She comes to, um, it's time I'm going to be born. She's going into labor. They go to the hospital um, she has me and I come out like blue. I come out purple blue. I'm not breathing. They don't know why. And side note, backstory, when, when they told her that they, that I was mis- like a miscarriage, she said she just knew so strongly that like, I'm supposed to have this baby. Like this baby is marked by God and is like, this is the devil trying to take it out and it's not going to happen. Yes. So then fast forward, she's, I'm born, I'm blue. <laughs> I come out not breathing. Not breathing. Yeah. And Again, she's just like, just knows so clearly, like, this is totally an attack. The devil just trying to take out this baby. Um, so they put me in, like, the, the little breathing incubator thing. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not the greatest with details, but I was in there for, like, a decent amount of time. And then I just started breathing again, and I was fine. Um, but she didn't leave, like, the side of the little... I don't carrier. even know. Yeah, carrier yeah. just prayed over me and again spoke life into me and that I was healthy and I was whole and um and then I was fine. I started breathing again and when I did, I screamed so loud and I just she's like she said right then and there just hearing me. It was she knew it was something with like my voice because she said like once I was breathing, all the nurses and doctors were like this baby has lungs. Like there is lungs on yeah, this yeah. baby. Um and and then, yeah, I mean, now I sing and that's, that's kind of like, it feels like that's the. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And your mom's a hero because of it. She is. Just saying it's not happening. Yeah. I'm not I mean, my baby. I can't imagine like I, we haven't started trying to have kids yet, but I can't imagine like getting that news and then yeah. just being like, nope, not today. It's like, wow, yeah. she's incredible. And you're alive. And I'm and alive. Yeah. I think the fact that you went through that but and you don't remember obviously you're just being born but you went through that before being born and then when Mm -hmm. you were born and then to have the life that you've had that you go man 21 years of life has been amazing yeah uh is just just awesome again it's proof that god can do a miracle and his faithfulness and it's awesome yeah okay you haven't talked much about music yeah uh so (laughs) and you just highlighted it there um so you grew up in this awesome family and you mm-hmm. started, you started, uh, finding out that you can sing, uh, and then you musical. Yeah. Talk about that journey. Yeah. So I, my grandpa, um, he actually passed away last week. He, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, when I was talking earlier, I said up until last week, I'd never had anyone close to me die. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, um, the one, the other person in my family that was like really musical. Mm. Um, so that was our like thing was, he was musical and so was I. And so when I was little, I just remember like I would always sing with um, with my grandpa and my family, like all my sisters, we like loved to sing together, but none of them like, okay. <laughs> they didn't want to do it, you know? Okay, they I thought were you were like, going to say none of them were good. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, we were all kids. We all yeah, sounded yeah. the same, but none of them were like, I want to be a singer, but we all had fun. Like we'd sing yeah. like the Cheetah Girls and, you know, wow. make up dances together. Yeah. Yeah. And so my parents 
I think could see from like a young age that it was something I really loved and I would like write songs and I didn't I wasn't playing any instruments but they like got me into piano and then um yeah I would like sing and write music and I started doing worship at the church living word um when I was like six so I was like yeah doing worship stuff at church just like really in in the kids ministry um and then they got me um they got me a guitar because I really wanted to play guitar got me into lessons um and then that's when I really started like writing songs was once I had my guitar um and I think that was like second grade that that I started like writing music and just I would always tell people like I want to be a rock star you know when I grew up and but I loved it I I loved worship I loved um music and singing and then that's kind of just carried on through my life um worship has always been like the thing that I feel is like my highest calling yeah um and right now it's not something that I it's like one of my like jobs Um, yeah that's interesting you would say it's your highest calling yeah but it it has nothing to do with your business nope (laughs) um and I, it's funny, like when I was, when I graduated um, high school, I was planning on going to school um, for worship leading. And just after that was like, I'll get a job at a church. I'll be a worship leader. Like, that's what I want to do. Um, and then really my senior year, I did PSCO. And that was a really marking year for me where I feel like God really showed me like, or just brought other things to light that were yep. also like passions of mine. While like the worship stuff didn't like fall at all. It just was like, these are other things that I felt like were kind of placed in front of me. And so, um, I just, I did not feel peace at all to go back to school for worship after my, um, senior year, which was what my plan was. I was going to go to North central, get a worship leading degree. And I just felt no, that's what your boy did over here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. I mean, that's what I wanted to do for so long. I wanted to either like go to Hillsong College or North Central or something. But I just felt no peace about it. So I took a year and I did school online and I was nannying and I um, was just doing like random. I was doing stuff with like fashion things and I was like just kind of like still writing music. I recorded an EP and I just was trying to figure out like what do I want to like do for my like job, you know, in my life. And then think from there, things just kind of like I feel like fell into place in different ways. But now today worship and like church and ministry in that sense are huge 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 parts of my life and i always will make more space for them like if so what are you doing in the area of worship yeah so i um am at river valley church and i um lead worship with our like saint paul campus on like a weekly basis and then but not on staff so there's like an on staff worship leader there but i'm with him a lot or sometimes at our um at other campuses of the church and then I have the huge privilege of getting to travel with River Valley and um, just randomly whenever they ask me to. You sing in rhythm. It's no <laughs> big deal. In rhythm, River Valley. Shout out worship. to Evan John. Wrote that song. Did he write that? He did. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been like the coolest thing ever getting to, yeah, travel with River Valley and record and write. And I always am kind of just like, a little bit dumbfounded like I don't know why I'm getting to do this but I'm like so pumped that I am yeah, you know yeah. but I just feel like again with what I was saying earlier like not striving or forcing or feeling yeah. like I need this to happen yeah but just knowing that like God knows his timing is perfect like he has like he has the perfect plan and if opportunities are supposed to happen they will I'll be in the rooms I need to be in just kind of that like I feel like that 
peace kind of grounds me of like yeah. just knowing that God's going to do what he needs to do. And so I've been blessed to like get to be a big part of stuff with River Valley and um, maybe someday it'll be a job job. But right now yeah, yeah. it's just volunteer and I love that. Yeah, but would you would you do a job job like that? I know it's not in front of you, but would you do a job like a job job like that? <laughs> um if it meant you had to shut down some of what you're doing, uh, like just in your freelance artist world. Yes, 100%. Right now, I um, I feel like I have the best of both worlds where I'm so in, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm as involved in worship as a volunteer that I could be probably without being on staff. Yeah, you just um, spent a week in California yeah. <laughs> writing with the team. Yeah, and so that's like a huge blessing because I get to do a lot of it, which is amazing, and I love it. It's so fulfilling. It's Like I said, it feels like my highest calling, but I also get my job job, my career, is yeah. all these things that I also feel called to and passionate about. It's just kind of like if there's like an order, yeah. worship is very much at the top, and I will always make space for that. If I need to cut out other things, Yo, I will. That's crazy because, again, I go back to the people that are listening that are striving to get the world that you have, you know, uh, the influence that you have. I know you hate that word. Uh, <laughs> to, to get what you have and yeah. then for you to say, I would give it all up to do worship. Yeah. If that was a given me. It says so much about who you are. And you said it before, too, like your personality style. You said it before we started recording. Your personality type is pretty money motivated, which I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to, like, we overcome that. Obviously, we don't do everything yeah. just because there's money involved, but right. um, money motivated. And the jobs that you get pay good money. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just spent, yeah, you took a whole week off yeah. and you were like, I would turn down 10 jobs to be able to volunteer yeah. in this calling that I have of worship, which totally. is awesome. Yeah. Yo, you're a legend. Okay, so what? So uh, and maybe that's part of your dream. What are the things that you're thinking about for your future? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's family stuff too, um, but for your future in business, do you feel like some of these arms are going to – and you might do some of your own personal music stuff too. Yeah. Um, so the next yeah. couple of years, uh, all the different areas that you are doing business and you're serving in, do you feel like you have a desire for any of them to take off more than the others? Like, will you ever focus or will you always do a bunch of mm-hmm. things? What are you thinking about for the next few years? Yeah, I think um, I kind of view like the last couple of years, uh, last three years as like my like college phase because I didn't actually go to college. Yeah, I did that year of school online and then I started like getting jobs in things that I like was passionate about. And so, and side note on that earlier, you, we were talking and this like ability to full-time freelance just for anybody out there who's wanting to do it. It is, it takes time. I just recently can say that I'm full-time freelance. Like it's, it's really, it's a process. So just give yourself grace in the middle of it. If you're like, I'm only doing one thing and and then I'm doing these random jobs I don't want to do because you'll get there. Just keep Keep working. You can always work at Starbucks. You can. Um, Best coffee shop on in the Earth. world. <laughs> Drinking it right now. It is. Um, <laughs> but no. So I think like the last couple of years have been very. Um, I feel like I've dipped my feet in a lot of different pools, yeah. so to say, um, where I've like tried different things, and it's like I love this, and I'm still doing that. Like 
right now I just recently started working like super part-time for an interior designer just because she was she offered it to me and I was like hey I love interiors yeah sure let's do it you know and so right now I'm definitely still in that phase of like learning learning what what I really love the most and knowing what I feel the most called to but then it's like on my day-to-day Monday through Friday work weeks yeah what makes me feel the most excited what do I feel most passionate about what's the most fulfilling do you have an answer to that um I think so right now I would still say that like I I would love for like worship and like ministry in terms of like church to eventually be like something that I can call a job yeah I've always felt that way yeah I don't I feel like this is the timing of all this has been great but I, at some point, I would be so happy if I could call that my job. Um, but I feel like because of so many of the things I do, um, they're like fr- they are freelance. I could still do bits and pieces of like other stuff. Yep. And I think because there's so many things I'm I feel passionate about, I don't ever want to just totally stop. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's a vague answer, but I think I'd love for like music and worship to take like a higher to be the winner yeah. yep and then to be able to still like take random little things here and there yeah. that are like i love it it's fun passionate about it i think it's awesome there's plenty of people in ministry that are in ministry because they have to be yeah meaning they got nothing else mm-hmm. uh and i think that's the wrong the, i think it's just the wrong approach yeah. like i mean do it if you're called and totally. you got nothing else and it's clear but i think there's plenty of people that sit in church offices that yeah uh, they're just there because like it was the easiest. It was the easiest thing that they got into, and they mm-hmm. yeah, they got nothing to fall back on. Yeah, know? which is sad to me. I'm not knocking anybody. I just I think it's awesome that you have a whole world of opportunity, um, and there's success in it for your life, um, and so you don't need it, you know. Mm-hmm. But for you to say if if that's where the road led, then it'd be something you'd be excited about. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it just goes back to that like childhood moment and up until now of just knowing life with God and experiencing the presence of God and just this thing in me that's like everybody needs this and however I can be a part of everybody finding this is like the highest honor in the world. Are you, you getting know? emotional? I am. <laughs> it's good. I didn't mean to call you out. I didn't mean to call you out. If you call me out, then, it, then it's like the tears just will come. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Why truly, are you getting emotional though? Um, Because I just feel like to live life without Jesus would be impossible, you know? And the same so, thing that the same thing you felt when you were five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to have found him and to have been able to live my life with Jesus, um, I just feel like everybody needs that. Yo, it's so pure from you because you haven't had, you haven't had the, I was almost like, well, you were almost dead when you were a baby, but like you haven't had the, like I was, I went off the deep end and now I'm back, you know? So the, even the emotion that comes out of you and you've, you've had a good life, you know, is amazing, you know? Because there's plenty of people that are emotional because God saved them, you know? Yeah. And he did save you. Uh, but, yeah, it's just awesome, you know? Yeah, you got a heart of gold. I, I, Kaylee and I, we love you um, so much. And obviously, have Kaylee's been in your life for a long time. Yeah. And I've known you for probably seven years. I don't know. Yeah. 
That's how long Kaylee and I have been married Um, and was able to be at your wedding and just see your life. Uh, But we also love you because you do everything that you just explained over this last hour of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, You will still uh, call Kaylee and say, hey, um, tomorrow, if it's okay, I'm going to come pick up Adley and we're going to spend a whole day together and you'll take Adley to the Mall of America or you'll do something fun with her. And so everything that you do and plus you come up and pick up our daughter and treat her like a queen. She comes home with stuffed animals <laughs> usually um, and like too that. much sugar. Um, but we love you for that. And it just proves the purity of your heart and uh, mm. everything that God's put in your heart that you're desiring. Um, in my mind, you deserve it. So well, praying that you. it happens. I love you guys. And Adley is a wonder child. I know you know that. Ivy, Ivy will be too. She's still... She's still our not talking is, yet. Our goals, so. we're going to see if we do four daughters. We might do there four we go. daughters. There we go. But yeah, Adley is like, I literally have never known a little girl like that or kid like that ever. She's amazing. And that speaks a lot to you guys as parents. So, Yes, she's amazing. She's the best. My favorite three and a half year old little girl. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, two questions as we close. Yes. Again, sorry I called you out <laughs> for okay. your emotion. I, I do cry a lot, so it's not. Um, I saw it coming okay. as you were talking, and I was like, I just have to say something. Yes, to let, it's you, okay. You I'm, can let it out. I'm not ashamed to you cry. Can, yeah, you can I'm let it out. I'm not ashamed of it's emotion. Good. Um, two questions. What's your favorite book of all time? Mm. I would say I am. That's a hard question. I would say probably my favorite book of all time is Love Does by Bob Goff just because I feel like it breaks down um, the principle of like who God is and the heart of God in yeah. like a really simple, tangible way. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of people's favorite books, so that's kind of yeah. maybe not the greatest answer, but it is my favorite. No, it's great. Great books are a lot of people's favorites. It's true. Um, because they're great. Uh, second question, anybody following in your footsteps, um, you can pick from whatever angle of life you want. Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, I touched on it earlier, but I would just say the no striving thing has been so huge for me. Um, just really step into who you are, who God created you to be, and just ask him to help you be able to trust him that he has your whole life laid out and knows exactly what's going to happen and just to steward what you've been given and receive what you've been given and um, definitely like work hard and optimize on like the things in front of you but don't force anything to happen and don't worry because God's got it all figured out If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can also follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Friday. If you know someone who is an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Until next time, remember, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.